Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Happy end of season four. Oh my gosh, just like that. Literally just like that. Like I looked up today, I realized we were doing this intro and I was like, and that's a wrap. Like on probably my favorite season thus far. I know, now I'm ready for like a growth nap. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's fall. Like I'm accepting it, fine. And season four is over, fine. But that means literally no break. Next week is the start of season five. (laughs) And I think we are ending it on a bang, ending it with a really excellent episode. Oh, so good. A dream. Another dream. Goal setting, planning, and like really good, solid, meaty conversation. Yeah. And I love that it's a way for us to end the season of growth and really find our way into season five, which is going to be the season of reflection. But we get to end the season of growth with Elise Blaha Kripe, who has been doing crafty ass female shit for like, (laughs) I mean, her whole life. What has, you know, we've been on the internet watching her do this for like 10 years at this point. And, She's got this new book out, and it's been such a cool journey to watch. And so she's going to tell us about her book. She's going to tell us about the Get to Work Book Planner, which is my planner I love. And it's such an awesome way to leave our season of growth and enter into our dormancy period. Yeah, but I feel like it's leaving our season of growth like with an ellipses, not a period. Absolutely, and it's so much fun because, like, trail off. We're gonna come back next week with the You and Me show, and then we're gonna dive right back into amazing artists. And it's so, it's just the way the show is supposed to be. Yeah, power to you, power to us. I know, power to the crafty ass female. (laughs) And like, thank you, audience, for making this such a great show to listen to for every, you know, for people to want to be on, for you guys to listen to, for everyone, for us to be able to have these awesome conversations. And so let's uh, let's talk to Elise. Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale. And we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Elise. Hi, how are you? Holy moly, everybody. (laughs) So excited. Oh, I'm good, too. I'm good to respond to your question. I'm so good. Wonderful. Because you're here. That's fantastic. (laughs) No, guys. Okay, so I feel like most of our listeners already know today's guests because I feel like you're the craftiest female to the max, so why would they? But in case you don't, today we have Elise Blaha Kripe on the show, you guys, and um, just to briefly intro her, she is a maker, a goal setter, and a mama to the two sweetest little girls and currently living in San Diego, California. You've blogged for years, you host a podcast, you've taught a bunch of e-courses on sewing and creating with kids and so many others. Um, creator of Get to Work Book, the planner that helps you set goals and achieve them. 
and most recently and notably um, your new book Big Dreams Daily Joys coming in October. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Did I get all that right? Does that sound good? Yes. Yes, you nailed it. <laughs> good, 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 good. So, so excited. To, I feel like me and Kristen have been following you forever. So this is a bit of a fangirl episode, but yeah, since the Project Life days. I know, yes. I know, which doesn't feel like it was that long ago. And then I think back, I'm like, oh, no, that was a long time ago. Right? That's that's how it is. Like, oh, yeah, those years, like, soon they will be double digits. And that's, <laughs> hmm. I know, I know. That's interesting. That's I, an interesting experience to have. I saw a meme, like, recently that was like, oh, 2012, like, three years ago. They're like, uh, that was seven years ago. And you're like, ah! Like, I know, I, I t- exact same. And I, I do, I, I feel like though, I mean, it seems like it was yesterday, but no, it was so long ago. <laughs> that's, you know, that's exactly how I feel. It's like, oh yeah, my 2012 Project Life was just you know, like last year. Yeah. No, it's like literally in my garage because I never unpacked it after I literally moved album. to Michigan five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so good. So the first thing I want to jump into is your book. Yeah. I have already pre-ordered it, but I want you to tell us more about it. What inspired you to write it and why should everybody else pre-order it? Yeah. So the book is called Big Dreams, Daily Joys. Um, it's 40,000 words and it's being published by Chronicle Books. So if you are familiar with Chronicle, they're, they're the book that you see when you go into like a paper source or an Urban Outfitters, like kind of that cool gift table of books. Um, they do such a good job with the design. And so... It was really awesome to get to work with them because I got to write the words and then they hired an amazing layout person. And um, so it really, it's like a, a beautiful visual thing as well. Um, people who are familiar with my work, especially from Get to Work book, are so used to black and white. And this book is in color, which is exciting. Um, the way it came about was kind of um, serendipitous. It was like twofold. Um, the first was in 2018, no, let's see. 2017, um, I had an agent, a book agent reach out to me because of my podcast. And she was like, you know, if you're ever interested in writing a book, I think there's something there um, with all of the creative people you've interviewed, you know, maybe you could put a book together. And I was like, okay, you know, put that in the back of my head. And then maybe a month or two later, I got an email from um, Rachel, my editor, at, who ended up being my editor at Chronicle. And she said, you know, if you've ever thought about publishing Get to Workbook or something along the lines of Get to Workbook with a bigger publisher. And at the time, I, you know, wasn't ready to do that. And so I kind of like let those two thoughts percolate for a bit. And in the summer of 2017, I did an Instagram story where I kind of walked people through um, how to write a five-year plan and like how to, like what to do with a five-year plan. And I was, you know, I finished that and then I'm like reading my DMs and I was so inspired by teaching just that little tiny chunk. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is, I'm going to write a book. It's going to be about goal setting. And it's going to cover everything from how to get like your normal daily life, like your normal activities organized and managed so that you can create more time um, to dream bigger and to try new things. And that's sort of the focus of the book. And it's, you know, it's, I mean, I, I, they're always like, who's it aimed towards? Probably aimed towards women, um, probably women who are, you know, just out of college through as old as you want to be. Um, yeah. So it's, it's fun. It's for creative people. It's for people who just are looking for more time, people who are looking to set goals, but like don't know where to start or you know where to start, but you're kind of stalled and you just want a little bit of push. 
That sounds amazing. Thanks. <laughs> I, I feel like, because that's what it is. Like, I feel like being an adult and I feel like our generation, whether it's millennials or not, like we're overwhelmed by what it took, takes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we watched our parents and we're like, all right, adulting. And now we're here and it's like, there's so much to do. <laughs> like, I, and know, I don't even have I kids. And yeah. Have yeah. And I think a lot of the book, a lot of the book isn't like, um, you know, you can fix all of that. Like, I don't think that yeah. you can necessarily fix overwhelm. I think that yeah. you can just kind of accept it and manage it and do a little bit at a time. And, and that's like my big focus is I don't think that we need to clear our schedules completely and start from scratch to live a more, you know, joyful, satisfying life. I think that you can kind of bring that in no matter where you're at, but it's really hard. Like it's, I know. <laughs> I, I relate. <laughs> I think that's something that's super interesting about like watching the way that you've dealt with overwhelm and handled it. And now that you are making this book, like it's not like we've talked about a couple of things on the show. We're always constantly talking about like social media and, you know, being forced to look at the idealized version of people's lives. And you've always been very honest about like, I'm not Elise. I don't live a perfect life or I'm, I'm not Elise the perfect life liver. Right. 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 And you know, you have overwhelm. You talked about like times where things were really difficult in your life. And so it's not like you're writing a book about this is how I live my perfect life. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I've been sharing online since, since 2005. So I'm 34. I was 20 when I started writing a blog and you know, the amount of like change that you go through from 20 to 34 is insane. And I have, you know, of course, like it's curated, like what I put out, I'm in control of. There's not like a camera that follows me around and unedits. Um, but I, I am conscious of the idea that like, what I put out there is authentic and normal. And part of authenticity and normalness is that, you know, we all go through tough times. Um, and I went through like my husband's deployments or a really rough postpartum time after my first daughter. And I tried to share that not to be like relatable, but just because, um, I think trying to pretend that everything is okay, um, is exhausting and, and not, um, doesn't really get you anywhere. Like if that's not necessarily helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not manageable. Mm-mm. You can't, you can't sustain it. I feel like. Absolutely. And if you're trying to do all the things that make you happy, living lies is the thing that's going to like be the first barrier. Exactly. Agreed. I loved your blog, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like what you do on Instagram now is what you would be doing on there if Instagram didn't exist. You know? Yeah, I think that's right. I think, I think a lot about that. Um, part of it is, you know, I do think that our attention spans shrunk a little bit. I think, um, a blog totally works on mobile, but it's not quite as mobile friendly as, you know, the apps are. Um, and I, I think what I love now is like, I do feel like I still get to share. I don't feel like I have the same pressure. Like you know, it used to be post goes up eight, you know, 5 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday. And I don't have that with Instagram. Like I, I don't feel like, oh, got to check in at X time or have to post every day or can only post once a day. Like I don't have the same 
self-imposed, right? Like what I did on the blog was totally self-imposed, but I no longer have that. But I still like to share, obviously. And so I still do share. Um, it's just a little bit shorter for sure. And it takes way less time. <laughs> you do it well. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'd love to know how you block off your time for the different things that you do. Yeah. So you have, you have yet to workbook and you have all these different projects, quote unquote, some for money, some for pleasure, some for, you know, something in between. Mm -hmm. And so how do you work that into like your everyday life, your, and your both short and long-term planning? Yeah. Great question. So I do, I think if I summed it up, you know, the, my main source of income um, is get to workbook. And when I look at get to workbook, the way I prioritize my time is it's paid customers first, potential customers second. So my priority is always like getting orders out the door or, you know, handling customer service from a customer who I sent her the wrong book or, you know, whatever could be wrong. She needs to change her address on the shipping. So that would be like my first priority because those are paid customers, like the gold standard. Um, and then after that would be, you know, marketing or outreach. And that's a lot of different things. That's preparing newsletters. Um, that's Instagram. That's doing podcasts like this, you know, talking about the book. So the, that's, those two things are, you know, kind of encompass get to workbook. I'm the only person I get to workbook. So I literally do the shipping. Um, I do the customer service. I do all of that. I don't print the book. I have it printed and designed for me. Um, but other than that, you know, so, so that's where I'm at. Get to workbook is seasonal. I have really busy time periods in, you know, December, January, and then June, July, and then kind of some hype around pre-order. But it's not as though every day, you know, eight to five, I'm, I'm dedicated to get to workbook. Um, and then my second kind of source of income um, is e-courses, like you mentioned at the beginning. And those are based basically on what I like doing. Um, so I taught two recently. One is um, on getting started garment sewing. So, you know, how to read a pattern, how to buy fabric, how to make a garment. Um, and then encouraging creative kids is one where I just got my girls, you know, um, for a couple of like big weekends, we just did a bunch of craft projects and I sort of taught my crafting with kids philosophy. And so those are def those definitely came out of hobbies. Um, and a lot of my job, like, even though I don't make money is doing hobbies to share on Instagram so that people see me getting stuff done so that people want to know more about how to get stuff done. So they buy my book, so they buy Get to Workbook. So that's weird. Like I, I admit that it's weird that sharing my hobbies is part of supporting myself, but it's it is. It's it's like kind of making sure that the brand is um, crafty, creative, getting stuff done. Um, and so it all sort of flows into that still. Absolutely, and it's all a part of like maintaining who you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, it is. And like, it's good for your mental health. It's good for your physical health. It's good for just like all around that. I don't want to say work-life balance because balance is not right. a healthy word, but what was the Amy Tangerine word, Amanda? That harmony. I like, harmony. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's really good when everything is in harmony and hobbies are awesome. And you're so good at like picking up hobbies that support you. Yeah. Like in all the ways. Yeah. That's a really good point. I, you know, I think that part of like, part of having success with hobbies, meaning 
finding hobbies that are fulfilling, um, is, you know, figuring out what you're interested in. Like, what is the thing that catches your eye on Instagram that people are doing that you're curious about, or, you know, that's sort of how it starts, I think. And then being comfortable, not being very good at it in the beginning. I think that, and because I just try a lot of things, it's not that I necessarily get good at the things. It's that I get good at trying new things. And so I, I learn how I work. I learn how I learn. Um, and then I know, you know, when I start a new project, it's going to feel hard, <laughs> but I enjoy that process of, you know, learning and, and Googling and watching YouTube videos and kind of picking it up. Like to me, that's very satisfying. So kind of one of my hobbies is like just trying <laughs> a bunch of yeah. stuff and I do dive really deep into them. And I do think that part of that, like part of diving into them is what makes them something that could be a business, right? Like what makes them something that I can turn into an e-course or turn into something. I found from following you for so long, like of all the crafters I follow, I feel like you're the grittiest. And I think it just wrote me, that's like what you just said. It's like, you just like bite down and like get through it or not, or like, and you're really good at tossing things away or learning from the, the toss aways. So like, I've learned from you that about my own craft. Like I'm like, instead of getting so hard on myself. And I think as like, crafters and millennials and seeing all these opportunities through social media and whatever how you could turn a hobby into a business like I feel like that's the lost skill is like the grit of it I feel like we're like oh it's so easy to do I'll just have a lot of hobbies and share them on Instagram and it'll pick up itself but like I don't think that's necessarily true <laughs> yes I think that's right I think that it does it does kind of look easy um part of it I, I do like I get emails or I hear from people who are like I want to do the eight things that you do you know and I'm like I, I hear you that's great Part of why I do the eight things is because I did one at a time. Like, you know, you can't dive into seven hobbies at the same time and be like, yes, success. Um, you, you have to pick one, like pick one thing and, and, you know, commit to that and try it and not be afraid. I think a lot of times like we spend money or we buy, you know, we buy the materials and then we get into it and we're like, we hate this. Um, that money has gone, right? It's like that sunk cost <laughs> and it's more than okay to donate it or resell it or give it to someone who's going to use it. And then you can try something else. Like don't, I don't know. It's, it's this weird balance where I do think it's difficult to know, is this going to click or not? Like, is this going to be something that I'm going to want to do for a long time? Or is this something that isn't really there? And then getting comfortable knowing like you can follow someone who makes really great, you know, birdhouses and you can love what they do and admire their talent and never want to make birdhouses. <laughs> and I do think like as millennials, that's so hard. Like we do feel like, oh, that looks cool. I should do that. That looks cool. You know? And it's like, no, 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 no. Like you can just think they're good and not do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good point. <laughs> yeah. Have either of you seen the glass blowing show on Netflix? No, but it sounds You've mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm never going to blow glass in my entire <laughs> life. Okay. But, like, watching those people blow glass, absolutely. <laughs> and, like, maybe I'll, I love glass pieces, but I'm never going to blow glass. Mm -hmm. but what, and I think okay. one of the things that you just said was, is super interesting, and I think really hits the nail on the head, is I think a lot of us are afraid to quote unquote, like throw away money at a craft that we are not going to stick with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think if we go back to the point that you made earlier, learning how you learn, learning the things, like learning ways in which you learn, learning 
ways that you aren't good at learning, learning how to find the things that you want to find. Those are all such important tools Mm -hmm. that the only way you're going to learn those things is to be bad at things. Right. Right. So if you only start crafts that you're good at, you're never going to learn those things. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, And you don't, there's, um, there's fear. Like it's, it's scary to try something new, right? It's scary to go to a workshop of something you've never done or very scary to put out your first, you know, to start sharing like your beginnings of work. Um, but I do think that just through the trying, just through practice or just through putting it out there once, or just through walking into that class, you gain, um, obviously experience, but then you kind of gain like you can handle this, right? Like, like you learn that it's not that big of a deal and you got through it or it was terrible, but you still got through it. And, and I do think that that can be so valuable. Um, and you know, I've said this before, like probably a lot of times, but when you quit something, you don't lose, like you gain because now you know that that thing you quit isn't right for you and you don't have to think about it anymore and you can move on to something else. Absolutely. You've gained valuable data. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that's totally true. I just, I'm not finished with it yet. I have to hem it, but I just started making my first dress and I've been terrified. And like my friend was here for the weekend and she's made like 30 dresses. So I was like, can you help me do this? And she helped me. And now I know that I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's so valuable. I love it. And even like, even if you put the dress on and you don't like it, right? Like it's not right. Now you know right. everything. Like you know that you need, you need a different size or that's not your style or you hate that color or this fabric is terrible. Like that's so valuable. Exactly as you said, like the data is so valuable. Exactly. And it's like, okay, well, I know I need to make a change here and I know I need to make a change here, but like, I'm pretty sure that I can figure out how to make the changes mm-hmm. and then I'll have a piece of clothing that I made and I love with fabric that I picked out that I like and like, it's not, you know, there's no ethical things that I have to worry about. Like, mm-hmm. it's just important. Yeah, for sure. And it's just cool. Like, aside from, like, all the other things, it's something that you made with your hands. Right, right. Totally. Which is all the thing that we love anyway. No matter yeah. what it is, we just love making things with our hands. Whether it's inside the house, outside the house, we're just crafty people. Right. And we can't be good at everything. So you just have to figure out Damn the process it. you're good at. <laughs> <laughs> we think that we should, though, and that stops a lot of us from starting or, like, doing more than one class. I think it was Gabrielle Reese. Is she a volleyball player? I was going to say Gabrielle Union, but she's an actress. Anyway, mm-hmm. she said you have to try something eight times before you decide whether or not you like it. I mean, that's not true for everything, but I feel like for a hobby, really, like, sometimes one time isn't enough. Yeah, I've definitely, I've heard that for like kids with food, you know, like you have to expose them eight times to rice or whatever, tomatoes. Um, And so if they don't like it the first, you you just keep keep showing it, keep trying. So that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. Anyway, um, we usually ask people on the show like, oh, tell us your creative backstory. But I feel like yours has changed and been so different. Like it would be hard for you to like pinpoint. So I guess my question is like, being that we're on goal setting and you're like the queen of goal setting. Like how much would you say like setting goals was part of everything you did? Was a lot of it, was some of it like whimmy or was it always like, I kind of have a goal for this that I'm going to try? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, um, when, 
so I, I never felt like I had a thing. Like I felt like I tried a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, we mentioned Project Life. I did you know, various like Etsy shop adventures. Um, I, I did so many things and I never could tell like, what is the thread? And it wasn't, you know, what, what is pulling this all together? And it wasn't until um, summer 2014, I gave a speech at this event called the World Domination Summit. And at that event, I talked about the power of making bold statements, right? Like sharing your goals out loud. And in preparing for that speech and then making that speech, I realized that there is a thread. Like what wove through all of my work was this goal setting concept. And so I set goals. I mean, like when I was 22, I had a goal. I was going to um, decorate a playing card every day. Like that was gonna, that was the goal. That was the thing I was going to do. Um, when I was, I think like 23, I just came up with 23 things I wanted to do. And then 24, 24 things, 25. And um I never necessarily finished those lists. Like I, I don't even think I finished any of those projects, but just having it, like putting out this big intention um, became incredibly motivating for me, gave me something to work towards. Uh, it made me feel like outside of the norm, right? Like every single day you have to get up, you got to go to work, you got to brush your teeth, you got to take a shower. Like outside of that, I had something else to, that I wanted to work on that was like creatively challenging. And so I think that, like I can't, at this point, like I can't separate um, who I am from the goals because the goals are just so much of who I am. And part of that was, I think, you know, sharing online because when you share online, you have to be ready to answer questions about what you're doing. Um, and like, you have to be ready for feedback about what you're doing. And so a lot of times, like when I'm coming up with projects, I'm mentally answering those questions, right? And I'm thinking through um, how I will explain what I'm doing. And I, I do think that that made me stronger at goal setting because it wasn't just like I want to do X it was like I want to do X and here's why um and so I don't even know what the question was <laughs> but like it is just so much who I am now it's so it's been woven in the beginning it just looked like an intention for a project yeah but it's always kind of been woven before you even had the words to know that that's what it was I guess definitely I think especially when I look back right like I could never have been 20 and looked forward but now when I look back through all the I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I can see it all kind of coming together. It's kind of like our what's our thing episode, Kristen, like just like paying attention that we always say. Yeah, and especially the way that you use your hobbies to reinforce your goals. Mm -hmm. um, this was the really nifty thing that Austin Cleon was talking about on his episode about how, you know, you can have your thing that makes you your money. And then all of the other things that you do really just reinforce your life. Mm -hmm. And they can support you, but the thing that makes you your money is the thing that makes you your money. Mm -hmm. And your thing is goal setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, it, it, even though, you know, you said earlier that your main profit engine right now is get to workbook, but the thing that makes you your money is goal setting. Totally. Right. Yeah. I mean, get to workbook is such a part of goal setting. Um, right. Yeah. That you couldn't separate them. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I, that's my planner. I love, you know, what do we do at the beginning of the month? And then I have like, you know, you know, literally I have, you can't do everything, but you can do something like above me right now. That's a fact. We've I've referenced and linked to it a bunch of times. So, um, <laughs> we hope we sent you something. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> but, 
black and white just really works for me also. <laughs> it speaks to my heart. But I think also goal setting works because it's just one of those things that you can always go back to the beginning. If something's not working for you, it's like, well, what is my goal? What is my intention? And what is my plan? Mm -hmm. And if you're like, well, I feel overwhelmed. I don't know what's going on. What is my goal? What is my plan? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is your proudest moment? Ah, you know, I thought a lot about that. I think, um, well, I thought a lot about that to answer this, this question. Yeah. <laughs> Not just like in my life. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, like we, I mentioned, you know, speaking at WDS was a really um, like big moment. Like when I think about my career, it was a big moment in my career. And part of that was, you know, I was on the stage, like a lot of the other people who were talking were like, you know, millionaires and they started comp these huge companies and they had all these best-selling books and they were like these very established people. And I wasn't yet. And I'm still not a millionaire, best-selling, all, any of those things. And um, so to get to like talk and to get to share my experience and really relate because most of the people in the audience weren't millionaires or best-selling authors or all of these things. And so getting to like be that bridge was incredibly satisfying. And like, that was, a, I was so scared, you know, I was scared to get out there. And so to have done it anyway was, very cool. So I think that would have been a big deal. Um, you know, I think writing the book was fun and, and like a big deal, but it was such a gradual project. Like it was something I worked on every day and then I turned it in and that felt great. But I think this is something I talk about a lot, you know, turning it in doesn't feel like exponentially better than doing all the work. Right. And so we'll see, like hopefully the book will be great. And then that'll be another huge proud moment. Um, those are definitely work-related. I think life-related, I'm, like, proud when my kids tell a joke. Like, I'm proud when my <laughs> girls, like, hug each other goodbye. Like, anytime when, or they're like, when they are, you know, nice and polite to the person at the store. Like, I'm, like, flushed with pride uh, during those really you know, mundane moments. Good ones. I love all of those answers. Thank you. <laughs> One of the things that I really appreciate about you is your vision. You have this ability to see entire things and explain them before they exist. And I'm thinking specifically of you know, the vertical tile in your kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's been like that with the house that you bought before this and your different things, um, mostly because I'm obsessed with mid-century modern houses. Um, which is what I have. And I just love everything that you do domestically. Um, because also, I feel like as millennial women, we're not allowed to like praise each other about domestic things enough. <laughs> I will but, all day. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I love everything you do with your house. Thank it's you. It's really awesome. Um, where did you get that from? How is how did you acquire that talent? Because it's awesome. Thank you. I think, um, you know, growing up, my parents were very, like, I consider myself, like, extremely realistic, for better or worse. Like, I feel like I have an idea, or in the case of this house, like, I saw this house, and I thought, like, okay, you know, we could knock out, we could take out this fireplace, we could break down this wall, and we could open this whole room up. And, like, I said that, and my husband's kind of like, okay, you know, and then, um, <laughs> The next, like the next day I'm, I'm, I'm on Yelp and I find this contractor team and I get this girl from the contractor team to come with me to an open house 
to like look and see if she thinks we can knock down this wall. Like basically, is this structurally possible? So it's like, we don't even have the house. We haven't made an offer, but I'm figuring out like, can we do this? And so I think part of that was my parents just when we were growing up, you know, we would need something, something would break or we, you know, whatever it was, my parents just did it. Like it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of sitting around, like what would be the best way? How do we do this? They just kind of dove in. And so I definitely picked up on that. Um, I think, you know, for all of the little choices, part of it, like I said, like I'm, I'm very used to have to like back up my decisions. Like if you share it on the internet, you have to like stand behind it and, or like be super prepared to be like, Oh, just kidding. This didn't work. Um, and so I've just gotten very comfortable with both of those things. Um, so I guess like, I, I think those would be the two answers, like good examples and then lots of practice. <laughs> I think it's a great answer. Has there ever been, okay, tell me one of the things, one of the times where something has really not worked out. Um, uh, so like a, on this topic, our front door, um, I went to the door store, like our contractor recommended this place and we went there and I talked to this guy and I was like, so confident. I get the, like, I bring my tear sheets. I'm like, this is what I want. And we had been told to do a fiberglass door because it's sturdier. Um, and so I'm like, just great. Sure, sure, sure. So I, you know, my normal making decisions quick, I pick the store and it gets delivered and it was awful. It was like a orange, like not good orange, like a terrible orange, fake wood, plastic looking nightmare. And I was like, oh no, like this, this is terrible. You know, and like I knew it was what I ordered, but I also like couldn't believe I'd made such a bad choice. Um, I don't even think I took pictures. I was just like, <laughs> and so the door went back. And I lucked out because they were, they recredited and anyway, so I was able to like use that money and put it to the new door. Um, and so what I ended up doing was like a completely different direction. We went with wood, we went with, you know, open windows. Um, I drove all around and like went to a ton of door stores and like made sure I could see it in person. I wasn't making a decision, you know, from a book. And yeah, so that's an example where it was terrible <laughs> and you know, you fix it. Like you just, okay, well, this isn't going to work and send it back. I love it. Doors are important. <laughs> yeah, because they have to look good from both sides. Like they set the tone. Um, man, like it, it, was, it was a big deal. And I think it's so hard, right? Because in this in remodel, you're making a ton of decisions and you're usually making decisions when you can't see the whole picture. And so it's just sort of like, I don't know, hope. <laughs> you do yeah, a lot of like shots in the dark there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your house, like you view, not that you view your house as like a project on your list. Like you're always like, right? Like yeah. I, I feel like that's fun to watch. To feel like it's an extension of like a craft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's not like we just, you know, we moved in in February, and we wanted like this whole kitchen thing in the bathroom. We did those. Um, and now we're going to be here for a year. We're going to be here. We want to be here forever, but I mean, we're going to spend a year in the house and like not make any more changes. And thankfully, like I am able to turn it off. Like I think I can, I can, I can turn it off and I can turn it on. I can turn on like, okay, go, go, go. And then I can relax and just live here. And you know, the downstairs, I need to post some pictures. The downstairs looks like we just plop some furniture and it's not good. Um, and I can handle that, you know, I know it's coming. Like I know we'll handle it. Eventually we'll replace the carpet and eventually we'll get furniture that fits the space. 
Um, but for now, it's just, it's just in limbo. That's totally cool too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just what it is. <laughs> right. And like, sometimes you just need to turn that energy off so that when you go back to it, you have more better energy and it's not, you know, like three years of house. Yeah. <laughs> like on you. Yeah. So that's awesome because you've done amazing things so far and your tile looks fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so super happy with it. That's fantastic. Okay. So this season on the show, we have been asking everybody about different periods of growth in their life. So how have you grown personally or professionally since embarking on your creative path? And in what ways do you still want to grow? I love this question. I think, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, like I've been doing this, you know, I've been, my creative path, it started when I started a blog. So it started 14 years ago. And so during that time, like, um, I feel like all of my growth has happened. Like all of my adult growth has happened. And I think the most important like thing I've learned, you know, is that you can quit things and it's not a big deal and you can make mistakes publicly and be like, that's also fine. Like it's more than okay to evolve. And, you know, like our views on things can change. Like our, um, obviously like our opinions, like the things that we like, the things that we hate, um, like getting more comfortable with that. I feel like I've figured out who I am through this. And like, I don't know, like if I never shared myself online, you know, if I, if I just had like a private Instagram account and that was it, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I, I know actually, I probably would not be who I am. Like I wouldn't, I don't think I would like be as creative. I don't think I would be as fearless in the things I'm willing to try. So I'm incredibly grateful. Like, I'm so glad that I like started, you know, that I, that I tried this, this plan. Um, how I still want to grow, man. I, um, I recently have been working on um, a sewing pattern, like a sewing pattern to sell. And so originally I was like, okay, I'm going to hire someone to do the layout and the design because I don't know how to use illustrator and I don't, I don't know how to do it. And then I was like, no, no, like I'm just going to do this. Cause I, I don't think I can wait for someone to like, Send me, you know, I, I can't work with someone. I wanted just to do it by myself. And so I took in a class on Illustrator and I've been like diving into this program that I've never tried. And it's extremely like exciting and challenging and rewarding. So I'm loving that. So I think, you know, I want to make sure I'm like continuing to learn different things. Right. So in, in all different areas, I want to take some risks, like trying to sell a sewing pattern feels like a huge risk. It feels like a big deal. Um, and that feels exciting. It's been, you know, a few years since I've done a new project, like since I've done a new venture. And so I really, um, I want to do that. What else? I guess personally, I, I, I don't know, like I, I'm working, I'm turning red. I, I'm working on, um, you know, just like putting down more roots here in San Diego and like making more friends and making time for friends. And um, those are big deals. Like I would like to make a like plan to get the girls like, doing more normal things. I think it's so easy to get in like a rut and to get into a habit and just like, Oh, it's so exhausting to take them to a game or it's so exhausting to do whatever with them. Um, but I think that that's so valuable. So like trying to do more stuff, um, as a family would be huge too. Very good answers. Um, we're about ready to jump into our currently round, if you are, cool. to conclude our episode. Um, and we like, we used to call this lightning round, but people like to expand and just we talk about what they're doing is the fun part of the show. Um, and it's based off Kristen's currently card that you can find where Kristen? 
theawesomeladiesproject.com. Yeah. And you can also go to the Awesome Ladies Instagram account and get screenshotable ones so that you can just do it right on your Instagram account. Fun. Fun. That's how we do it uh, during our interviews. So here we go. So Elise, what are you currently watching? I am watching Veep. I'm catching up. I'm in the middle of season five. Very cool. Good one. My boyfriend's sister looks like Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I love her. She's I so- love her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching a lot of Seinfeld like old oh. and she's just a gem. I know. She's the best. <laughs> she's the best. She is a very special person. <laughs> I love her. What are you currently reading? Um, not currently, but I just finished This Is How It Always Is, and it was so great. It's fiction. So great. I can't just read it. It was so great. <laughs> yeah. You're like an avid reader. Yes, I do. I love to read. How do you fit all this in? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I read, I always read before I go to bed. Um, so that's a big time that I get it in. When I'm like loving a book, I just read all day. You know, like the other day yeah. I was walking to the pool. We have like a community pool and my husband's pushing <laughs> the girls in the stroller and I'm like reading <laughs> like a child. Um, so when I'm, when it's the right book, I just, I'm like never not reading. Yeah, totally, I totally get that. Cool. What are you currently listening to? My favorite podcast these days is Today Explained from Vox. Um, every day, Monday through Friday, it drops like in the afternoon for me, and I love it. Today Explains, what's it about? Um, it's kind of a news podcast, so I also oh. listen to The Daily. Like I listen to The Daily from the New York Times in the morning, and then I listen to Today Explained in the afternoon. And they always have a topic, so they're talking about something specific, right? Like yesterday was the Hong Kong protests, um, but they... They get into it and it's interesting, you know, short enough and yeah, I, I love it. All the Vox stuff has really good explainers. They do, exactly. Good explainers, like super easy to understand, but then entertaining too. It's not just, it's not dry. Yes. Explain the news. Mm-hmm. I need that. It's good. You, it's worth you it. would like Vox, Amanda. You should get there. They have a an email newsletter called Sentences. Okay. And if you want just a very quick like this is what happened today in the news and then they send you links to like the actual news stories if you want more in depth and they have like a bunch of their stories and then they have stories from other people and other news outlets okay That's cool. i haven't heard of that either yeah vox sentences cool what are you currently making? I feel like that's a big one for you. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm working on this sewing pattern. Like hopefully by the time this airs, hopefully um, I will have had it through the testing process. I'll be getting ready to launch it. That's Can you it. tell us what type of garment yes, it is? Totally. Um, it's a knit. So it's knit. Like it's um, knit fabric is usually like stretchy fabric, like t-shirt fabric yes. for people who, who aren't familiar. Um, and so it's like a knit tank top um, that I want when, and I just want to be clear when I say knit I don't mean knitting um it's something that like I wanted as just a basic that I couldn't find a pattern for it's like a round collar and then that's view a it's just a normal tank top and then view b you add a skirt to it like a gathered dress with pockets like so comfy want to pull it on want to wear it all the time so that's what I'm working on okay I'm gonna say pause on our currently <laughs> because can you tell us how difficult it is to sew with knit fabric because I just personally want to know. Yes, it's not. Um, you need a different needle. Like if you go to Joann's or wherever you go to your fabric store um, and you look at the needles, they'll be like all purpose needles or they'll be yes. woven needles and you need a yes. knit needle. It has a okay. ballpoint, ballpoint tip 
and instead it won't like snag. Um, if you use a regular needle, it might snag your fabric, um, but it's not, it's not hard. Um, I, I think, yeah, you could do it. You just need a different needle. Cause like that's the stuff that I love wearing most is knits. Like that's what my wardrobe is. Exactly. And I know everyone's like, you need to learn on cotton and all of these woven fabrics. And I'm like, but I don't really wear that stuff. So yeah. I don't want to spend all this money on stuff that I'm not going to wear if I could just learn on the stuff that I am going to wear, even if it is a little bit harder and I need to just do it a little bit differently. Yeah, no, you'll, this will be a perfect, like this is an adventurous beginner pattern, like great to jump in. Like if you're familiar with your machine, you can do this. Um, you don't need to have a serger. If you have a serger, you can, you can like obviously serge your seams, but you don't have to have one. Um, yeah, yeah, my, my new, if, <laughs> hopefully I get this up and running. The, the new sewing pattern brand is called Playbook, Playbook, like Playbook Patterns. Cool. Um, and it's a play on get to work book, right? Work and play. Um, and so, yeah, all of the patterns are going to be named after games or things that you play. So, yeah. That's so <laughs> fun. Cute. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, man, I hope like late September, I hope that's all public knowledge by then. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Yeah, because that's like literally like 100%. I was at the fabric store with my friend when she was here this weekend and I'm like but this is what I want and I was it was like a t-shirt and like a t-shirt yeah. dress yes that's but like top top and, yeah. yes it's <laughs> yes. like a cosmic coincidence I know <laughs> can I unpause on currently now Kristen yes please <laughs> okay back to the regularly scheduled programming okay. what are you currently feeling feel pretty good um yeah, I was, you know, I feel, I feel pretty on top of things right now. There's a lot going on, like with the patterns and um, getting the book, like the book promo and, you know, by the time this is up, all of that will be done. <laughs> so that's great. Um, but I'm feeling pretty good. I, yeah, I feel like I have a decent amount of time right now to get stuff done. Are you doing any book tour-esque type things? I am going to do a few events. Right now, I'm going to do something in Sacramento on um, October 24th. That's a Thursday night. Something in San Diego, but I'm not exactly sure on the date. And then I'm actually going to be up in Portland at Powell's Books um, in early January, which I'm so excited about. I feel like Powell is like the Mecca. And so getting to go there is really exciting. That is awesome. Um, yeah, I don't, there's nothing else officially scheduled. But anything that is, is going to be at elisejoy.com slash book. You can find everything there. Very cool. And we'll have a where everyone can get you in the show notes. So if they go to the website. Um, cool. What are you currently planning in your get to work book? Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of that. Like I'm planning. So by the time this goes live, people will know if you pre-ordered my book, you can go to elisejoy.com slash book. Um, by the time this is up, you can, not right now. Um, and you can, you know, enter your receipt and your name and all of your info. And then you'll be emailed a print pack, like a downloadable print pack of um, some illustrations from the book that you could print or hang on your wall. Um, and a 25% off code for your Get to Work book. So nice. if you want a new Get to Work book for either um, 2020, obviously it's upcoming and that's for sale now, or the 2021, which will be for, you know, July, June. Um, both of those. So yeah, I'm working on like all of that prep, like all of that pre-order prep. Very cool. Fun stuff. Yeah. Lots of moving parts. Yes. <laughs> and lastly, what are you currently loving? 
loving our garden. Um, we had someone come and like help get it all set up and tell us what to plant and get all the right dirt. And she's amazing because my garden is thriving. And so that's been exciting. Like bringing food in from the backyard and cooking it for dinner is unreal, exciting. And we kind of talked about like hobbies that aren't jobs. And I think yes. gardening is exactly that. Like I'm never going to make a dime from gardening, but I can love it and enjoy it and like be really satisfied by it. We had a whole gardening episode. I am obsessed with gardening. Yes. I remember you, you messaged me about tomatoes. I did message you about tomatoes. I love tomatoes. I'm growing way too many tomatoes. It's not, it's a like. It's a problem. It's, it is. Um, what are you growing and what is growing well? What are you loving? What are you going to grow extra next year? Yes. Our tomatoes are thriving. Like that's been so satisfying. And tomatoes, like I've never had super bad luck with tomatoes, um, but those are doing really well. Um, our like jalapenos and peppers are insane. Um, and we're coming up with like more exciting things to do, right? It's like how many jalapenos you need. Um, that's been really great. What hasn't been so great for me this year is like, you know, the like zucchini and squash. Like all of that has just kind of gotten mildewy and hasn't been so successful. Might be like a sunlight problem. Um, and then we have a fig tree that's like almost ready. There's like literally a thousand figs on this tree. And so I'm so excited for those to ripen. Yes. Um, you have great weather for peppers. It's insane. Yeah, I, I had no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's like so many great varieties of peppers that you could grow and just get like, oh my God, I can't even like anchos and every single like south of the border pepper you could grow and they will flourish and you could make the most amazing things. Yeah, it's been exciting. I think next year I'm going to be heavier. I'm going to probably, I don't know, we've got a lot of peppers. Good on tomatoes. I think I'll do more cucumbers next year. Um, things that like you need a lot. So like beans, like we tried green beans, but you get like, or we on my plants, I've gotten like three at a time. And so that's not very successful. Like you can't make a side with three beans at a time. Yes. Um, maybe try vining green beans and then grow them up. Okay. And do like a lot, like a lot of plants. Yeah. Do a bunch of plants and like beans and tomatoes are really good like a uh, crop rotation plants. So if you've been growing tomatoes in a place for a couple of years, grow beans in a place, grow beans there. And then, um, cause tomatoes take nitrogen out of the soil and beans will put nitrogen back into the soil. Amazing, okay. Um, and like vining beans are will do really well cause they'll just grow straight up. Cool. And I'm a huge fan of making plants grow up cause then you can just get a lot more room. Totally, yeah, yeah. But yes, no, gardening. And you just get food and then you can bring it in the house and cook it. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, I know, it's so much fun. Yeah, it's so fun. It's like going to the library, right? Like I walk out of the library with three books and it's like, what is happening? <laughs> right? Yeah. You take so many of them. That's a good metaphor. Just for free. It, it's just such a wonderful thing. It's so fantastic. Okay. This was fantastic. <laughs> Tell us where we can pre-order your book. Yes. So if you go to elisejoy.com slash book, you're going to see a little description of the book, the places that have it for pre-order. You're going to see a peek inside. So you can see like the first eight spreads and kind of get a feel for what the content looks like. Um, and then there you can also find information about book parties, 
hopefully I'll get a few more and there'll, there'll be one by you. Um, and then information like if you pre-order. So if you buy the book before, or I guess I don't really know the cutoff. So let's just say October 8th, right? That's the day it comes out. If you buy it October 8th or prior, then you get the free print pack and you get a free, uh, you get a discount code off a of planner. So that would be the time. Pre-orders, if your audience doesn't know, are hugely important for authors because booksellers look at how books are doing in advance and then that tells them like, oh, like this looks good, we wanna carry her. Um, so the more pre-orders that an author gets, the better it is for her. <laughs> so yeah, like I'm shamelessly, please pre-order. It makes a huge difference if you get it before it comes out. But and that's, I didn't know that. That's, that was a good explanation. Good. Yeah, that's, <laughs> why, that. that's why people are like yeah. pushing it, pushing it. Because all of your sales from the day, like exactly. So any sale that happens prior to the day it comes out counts towards your first week total. And your first week total ideally is when you have the most books bought. And so if that number, you know, you get to add like 1,000 plus 1,000, you know, and then you get more. That Those all count. And then that's a better chance that you'd get a bestseller's list that you'd get higher on those. I have no idea if that's going to happen, but I, it can't hurt. Like, sure. Yeah. yeah, more pre-sales. Yeah. Can't hurt. Yeah. So yes. that's like super exciting. It's the most exciting thing. Like, yeah. I don't want to say ever, but it's the most exciting thing in the last little while. Yeah. It's, pretty, it feels, it's like a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And it's so pretty. Thank you. The yeah, palette is awesome. Yeah, I'm so I'm so happy with how it turned out. I um, stressful like it's it's stressful to write the words. It's stressful to put it in the hands of someone else. Um, but she was amazing. So I'm so happy with the design. That's awesome. I'm glad that you found another awesome woman to work with. It's really nice when you can find other women that you can trust your your words. Yeah, it's been cool. My my agent, my editor, the book designer. And the book marketing people are all women, which has been really exciting. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. Um, is there anything else that you would like to tell our audience? Um, I don't think so. This has been fun. I feel like I shared a lot. Um, the only other place where I'm like frequently at sharing is on Instagram. I'm at Elise Joy there. And there's tons of, I'm, I'm, that's my most constant social media. Yes, it is awesome. Your Instagram is fantastic. You have lots of house things, lots of adorable children things, lots of get to work things. Oh, yes, tell me, you have your get to work book Instagram too. Yes, that's um, at get to work book. Um, and then get to workbook.com is where you can get the planners that we've kind of mentioned. And there's a bunch of different goal setting tools if you're not a planner person. Um, yes, you have awesome post-its. You have awesome goal setting planner. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have like notepads, um, notebooks. There's some washi tape that's like on crazy clearance because I'm clearing house of that. Um, there's a lot of good stuff there. Yes, lots of good stuff. Also great gift things. Good, thank you. Yeah, if anyone's thinking stocking stuffers already. <laughs> yes, awesome, awesome stuff. So you guys can find Elise at all those places. Everything will be in our show notes at craftyspml.com. And we're going to head over to After Chatter. And it will be awesome. So if you want to see the After Chatter video or listen to the After Chatter show, you can go to patreon.com slash craftyassfemale and we'll be up over there and you can catch us. And one of the almost, no, now we're definitely over 500 pieces of original content on the Patreon available to all patrons. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Now I'm getting uh, my words all twisted. And we'll be back next week with another amazing guest. And 
we hope that you have an absolutely amazing week. We love you very much. And have a fantastic Monday. I love putting out these shows on Mondays so that everyone gets a little boost to their week. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, have a wonderful week and we will catch you later. Bye, guys. <laughs>